0: This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Pule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Pule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. The change of season is upon us. Even in Hawaii, the length of the days and the temperatures change in a notable way. We've had a really warm summer, so these shorter days are very helpful. Our bees are making honey and they're thriving and we're all learning so much about them as Vanessa shares with us about her studies of the bees.
1: It has been fun hearing about them. And we hope everyone has had a wonderful summer of different fruits We recently had a 300-hour yoga teacher training group on Kauai, and it was a lot of fun. They loved the fresh fruit, especially. We had an amazing summer of mangoes, sapote, lychee, and now our citrus season is upon us. And our bananas continue to be abundant and very flavorful.
0: We've had so much this year that we started drying it and offering it to people. And we
1: just made a coconut-mango blend.
0: Yeah, yum.
1: I remember you noted how fidgety the recent yoga teacher trainees were on the first morning doing their pranayama practice. For those who are new to yoga, pranayamas are specific breathing practices that work with our prana, or life force, by working with the breath. But Myra, your comment reminded me how fidgety I was in the past, always moving, shifting, and adjusting, and I didn't even realize it.
0: That's usually a sign of excess vata. And it was distinctive with this most recent group because they were in the same room as our woofers, which are willing workers on organic farms. They're the people who are here taking care of Durga farms. They happen to be committed yogis and yoginis who are living Ayurveda and yoga. As a result, they've calmed down and they're able to be still in the practices. Many people, teachers included, can't stay still between or during the practices.
1: Some students had traveled long distances the day before, and air travel is one major thing that aggravates Vata Dosha. And that can make sitting still difficult. However, if they were fairly balanced beforehand, it may not have been that extreme.
0: That's right. Keeping the Doshas balanced gives us the stability and the strength to better manage ourselves in stressful situations. Whether it's a long flight or drives or giving birth, or spending large amounts of time at the computer, the dosha balance gives us the ability to stay clear and connected to our innermost self, the God of our heart. Constant fidgeting is not uncommon and it's often associated with misusing our senses, a main factor in most disease.
1: Misusing my senses was not something I had awareness of prior to Ayurveda and yoga. People around me lived indiscriminately and I did the same. I didn't really know any different when I think about it now. Eating, watching, and listening to what I wanted, when I wanted it, regardless of the impact, was just normal. Putting any kind of chemical on my skin without a thought of the side effects and using products with strong chemical scents, all without the thought of consequences to myself or others, was also the norm. Wearing chemical perfume was just what women did from my limited perspective. That's how I was raised,
0: and it seemed like freedom to me. You might say we've been sold a bill of goods that's not so great, being trained to think that it doesn't matter. We need to consider that what we take in through our five senses of smell, taste, sight, touch, and hearing affects our short and long-term health. In Sanskrit, the senses are called indriyas. And there are five sense organs that carry out these five sensory functions. We use the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the tongue to taste, the skin to touch, and the nose to smell. I realize this might seem obvious, but most of us have never thought much about that and their powerful effect. I remember the big controversy that went on in the 60s about the effects of TV and movies, on children especially. And um, it came through the media, of course. It said, oh, no, it's no problem, no worries, no effect. What do you mean by the effect of TVs and movies? That there would be some impression that's made by this exposure so that every time we look at something and listen to something that there is an effect. Ah, I see. So the senses should be used for discrimination, which means our ability to select and reject in life, our ability to say yes and no. And this is actually what brings us true freedom. We can make choices from the inside out and not the outside in. Think about that. You might, for example, choose to turn away from refined sugar In the moment because you know it will make you feel high-strung and then crash later on. Our use of the senses has a great impact on the body and the mind. The impressions, or in Sanskrit it's called samskara, from what we watch affects the nerves, the function of the brain, and the flow of energy through the body, which of course all affects the function of the mind. The same for what we listen to and smell. Continuously breathing environmental pollutants causes imbalance, both physically and mentally. That could be hairspray, dryer sheets, or car pollution. The hairspray and dryer sheets are probably more damaging because they're so close to us. Chemical lotions on the skin and anything artificial being eaten or drank will cause imbalance in the doshas, which is the function of the elements in our body and all of it affects the function of the mind as well as the body. Another great example is caffeine, which overstimulates the nerves and dehydrates the body. It imbalances vata and pitta doshas and eventually contributes to disease.
1: There certainly seems to be significant stimulation to all of the senses in modern living, and this is something to become aware of and moderate as much as possible since misuse of the senses is the main cause of disease. But with so many people drinking coffee and alcohol or eating foods with refined sugar, for example, I remember it feeling initially difficult to make a different choice.
0: Ayurveda and yoga are holistic sciences. They teach us to connect what we do with how we feel, the law of cause and effect. It's also called Karma. Most of us don't see the connection or have the awareness that how we are using or misusing our senses is the starting point to implement changes that support our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual balance. You know, we're meant to feel well. And so many people don't feel well today. And the moments of fleeting pleasure that come from misuse of the senses results in long-term negative impact. So we get dukha, which means suffering in Sanskrit, instead of sukha, which is sweetness. Mm.
1: I, I said it felt initially difficult to make a different choice, and it did, but definitely the shift to more sukha, or sweetness, has been much more rewarding than continuing on just blending in with my surroundings and the people who are doing those other things. Because misuse of the senses is so commonplace, it can be a challenge in the beginning to discriminate what is proper use and what is misuse. Some people ask, what do you mean when you say misuse of the senses causes disease?
0: Well, here's some examples. If you overeat in one sitting, it leads to indigestion. And if you have indigestion on an ongoing basis, then eventually there's going to be some kind of irritation in The bowel, for example, or some digestive disorders. Another example is eating pungent foods, hot foods, that make your digestion burn. And many people will experience loose bowel movements as a result of that. And if you keep doing that over an extended period of time, then inflammation will come and that leads to disease. And garlic would
1: be an example of a
0: pungent food? It would. It would.
1: Okay. Those would be misusing the sense of
0: taste. Right and then using strong chemicals for washing your clothes uh, and drying them or putting makeup on your face that's full of all kinds of chemicals um, and results in a continually runny nose. Now I've known many women that have done this over the years. Uh, So it misuses not only the sense of smell but touch as well, and it affects the condition of the skin. You know, m- an example of misusing eyesight includes relying on seeing things to understand them, and it, that results in feeling insecure because we're so weak in the use of our other senses. And insecurity over long periods of time tends to distort our cellular environment, and that leads to diseases. Ignoring our sense of smell, thinking some toxin is not a problem because we can't see it. And this results in mental and physical disturbance that's harmful, but maybe not so easy to make a specific connection. The thing we have to remember, though, is doing harmful things to ourselves has an effect. Everything matters. The one-to-one connection may not be so obvious, but we can take it to the imbalance of the doshas and Agni, our digestive fire, and then it goes directly to disease. Not knowing the difference between stretching a muscle and pain, for example, is another one that I thought of. You know, when we push children, they lose that ability to discriminate and care for their bodies appropriately.
1: That was one of the questions that came from our 300-hour TT students, was how do I know the difference between pain
0: and stretching? Uh, right, right. And yeah. so you know, walking people through that feeling will certainly help them get back on track. But what happened that we lost that in the first place? Mm-hmm.
1: And what are some of the consequences of imbalanced use of the senses? Well,
0: things like eczema from not digesting our food properly. Uh, that could be, as I mentioned, overeating in one sitting. It also could be poor food combinations or too much fermented food, for example. And then menopausal difficulties from excess vata and pitta doshas, uh, eating too much hot spicy food, again overeating in one sitting, eating junk food. Also, a lack of acceptance in life. Uh, and trying to drive your own agenda in life. This is also sometimes called attachments. <laughs> and it brings it brings suffering, and it also contributes to imbalance and disease. Cancers come from chronic indigestion, as I mentioned. Uh, hearing loss from listening to music that's too loud. There are many people my age this, these days that are having that experience. Uh, and now we have headsets
1: that put that sound right close
0: to the eardrum right right well yes <laughs> 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 and then low ojas which is your vitality and your immunity and and this comes from weak agony, from eating too often among other things
1: let's take a short break and be back in just a minute Yoga is a deeply personal practice. It connects us with our true selves, helps us find peace on and off the mat, and ensures our bodies and minds are flexible and strong. At Halipule, our yoga teacher trainings support you to develop your personal practice and prepare yourself for sharing the gifts of yoga with others. Our trainings are conducted from an Ayurvedic foundation that will have you leave more balanced and able to offer balanced practice to your students and clients. Join us for a yoga teacher training course and experience how transformative living and teaching yoga can be. And send us your questions to hashtag AskHalepule, that's hashtag ask H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E on Facebook or Twitter. We're back. We've been talking about misusing the senses and the resulting problems. It seems so easy to get caught in sense stimulation, loud noise. I think about how often people frequent movie theaters, as an example. Uh, strong perfumes, chemical makeup, and skin products, even sunscreen, violence on television, or even messy surroundings, strong and numbing tastes like garlic. I can keep going. These types of things—they just seem to be so commonplace. They just seem to be the norm today
0: and you know another one that stands out to me is that there's always music or some kind of sound in the background whenever you go into places these days Mm. and that's another one where there's never a time where things are just quiet unless you create that quiet at home it's not just that there are the normal sounds of the environment you've gone into but now there's also some music or some talking or something going on in the background. And that splits your attention, which is also uh, a misuse of the senses.
1: Mm -hmm. Actually, someone recently commented to me that they need to have the TV on in the background all the time to feel comfortable. And that it just is, you know, as background noise. They just need that background noise.
0: Right, right, Yeah. yeah. It really is possible to be a much calmer and happier person without those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Nature really offers us a lot of wonderful sounds to work with. You know, it's really easy to get caught up in outside stimulus, and we just shut down to it, and some people think that's okay, but this is going unconscious and, and numbing yourself to life. We can simply turn away or step away from these things. But the mind gets caught up in all of the other feelings around the stimulus, such as what are other people going to think. So this is why the practices of Ayurveda and yoga are there for us. Everything we take in through our senses affects the state of our mind, which then affects our ability to make good decisions in the use of our senses. A vicious cycle can ensue. And if we just keep going, thinking we have to satisfy everything on the outside... Then this cycle will just continue.
1: At Halipule, we approach living and teaching as the opportunity to cultivate sattva, balance and harmony, particularly with the mind. Let's talk about the state of the mind related to the Mahagunas, uh, which are the great primal energies, which includes sattva, and then how the use of the senses relates to this.
0: Sure. Let's start with a quick review of the Mahagunas. They are aspects that are present in all of nature, including in us. They are tamas, which is darkness and inertia. Rajas, which is activity leading to disturbance. And satwa, balance and harmony, and the light. Tamas in the mind is dullness and inertia. It's when we have only our own point of view without regard for others. And we can see this in a lot of the extremes that we see in life today. Rajas in the mind is continual activity and movement, and then looking for more and more, and then moving into disturbance. So you could see that going into extreme sports, for example, a lot of rajas moving toward tamas. Satwa in the mind results in kindness, consideration and respect for others clarity in the mind, and a sense of peace.
1: I've been cultivating sattva in my mind for a while now, and still tamas and sometimes rajas creep in.
0: Well, you practice the rajas and tamas for many years. <laughs> it's a process for all of us. But I can say from my experience that it gets easier if you keep going. And you let go into the process. It's like it's like surfing a sweet little smooth wave.
1: Yes, Rajas and Tamas used to predominate in my mind. When I started experiencing some sattva the others would take over without me even realizing it. For example, I would be slumping rather than have balanced posture before I even realized I had slouched. Now, with conscious and persistent practice, I usually see this happening in the moment and can make a shift before it goes too far and begins to affect more than my posture, such as my mind and my interactions with people.
0: The more we grow sattva in our life, in all of our life, the more the mind will reflect that quality as well. The intuitive energy practice tools are great for this. There are practical support for me in my practice of conscious and spiritual living. We have a free download of the basics on our website. These tools are what helped me see beyond my thoughts and my mind. Anything that consciously moves us toward the subtle aspects of living is really helpful.
1: I'm so glad that you introduced me to those tools because they have made all the difference in my experience the last few years. I remember when I first met you and was clearing out the Tomasic response of being a victim, which had me carry a lot of resentment. I recall asking you if you ever felt victimized or do you ever get resentful and your response was yes that you're human and those things come and go but the difference is that you let them go quickly when they come up and you said in the snap of a finger and that that was the difference between you and I that you let it go when it comes and I was holding on to things
0: and letting them sit there and build (laughs) (laughs) right And then I'm also aware of not stepping into situations that will likely end up in a resentment. So I make sure that I walk things through as much as possible. Being aware of our own energy and the energy of a situation, for example, we can avoid a lot of pitfalls. And they're all lessons on the past, so resentments don't really need to form. We're all learning to be loved no matter what's happening.
1: We talked earlier about misuse of the senses, including underuse and overuse. I've had to practice conscious retraining of how I spend my time, like reading something spiritual and uplifting before bed, rather than uh, looking at social media on my phone, for example. What are some other examples of how to use the senses in a sattvic way that promotes this balance and harmony that I know I would
0: like to have more of? Well... Avoiding the gross insults is a really important place to start. So the loud music, for example. Right, okay. right. And then other more subtle things have space to come into our life. It also requires some consistency and being gentle and persistent to soft sattva. So with your sight, for example, one of the things you can do is just consciously enjoy the colors and textures around you and particularly the colors and textures of nature.
1: What about gazing at yantras?
0: Yantras, or sacred geometry, are wonderful because they help to align us with nature and the cosmic consciousness. In terms of sound, listening to the sounds of nature, or listening to sattvic music softly on occasion, but not constantly. And then in terms of taste... Have a moderate amount of sattvic food in a quiet, peaceful environment. And in silence or with light conversation. Nothing intense. And not too much talking, right? Because we really don't focus on the chewing and the food if we're talking too much. Use moderate spicing and chew things thoroughly. We have a list of sattvic foods in our Library of Self-Healing on our website.
1: I just thought of something. What about chewing gum? That's something I used to do all the time. I totally forgot until right now. I imagine that would have some effect on the sense of taste.
0: I imagine it would. It's not something I've ever done a (laughs) a lot of, so I can't speak from my experience. Perhaps I did when I was a child some. I don't think so, though. I think my mother didn't allow it, actually. (laughs)
1: Because that that would be (laughs) constant stimulation while you're chewing the gum of the taste buds.
0: That's right, that's right. It's uh, So until it becomes tasteless, I would expect, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're moving your jaw, so uh, probably not great for balancing vata dosha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In terms of the sense of touch, you, know, you could receive a snehan treatment, which is, uh, or give yourself an abhyanga, which is an application of oil and very slow, consistent movements. And with snehan, there's a specific pattern of application of the oil, and it's an herbal oil. Uh, So all of these are having lovely effects on the mind and the body. Uh, They calm vata dosha, uh, which includes reducing anxiety and calming your mind. And we also have a post in our library of self-healing about how to do this for yourself. In terms of your, your sense of smell, you could uh, purchase or make a blend for yourself of essential oils to use at stressful times in life. Just breathing it, just putting a little on the hand and breathing that and putting it in the hair, on the skin, and that's a really nice balancing tool, very simple thing. The, the essential oils from plants are, are a tremendous therapeutic gift and um, they give us an opportunity to cultivate sattva
1: hmm I love our Hale Puli Aromatherapy blends. I use one every morning for meditation and also during the workday. They always uplift me. But I just wanted to make note also that in my experience, a lot of people use chemical uh, products that have smells, such as cologne or perfume, um, to cover up scent. And really cleaning up Agni would be a solution to that. So the body could have neutral to pleasant smell where one wouldn't need
0: that that's right where you wouldn't need that that's right so really when we think about using the um, well we could call them fragrances the but the essential oils and and those smells um, we think of them more in terms of the effect that we they have on us by our interaction with them rather than trying to cover something up
1: Hmm. and then they can be used for uplifting purposes and mm-hmm. connection, rather mm-hmm. than just to
0: counter something that's not happening correctly, or that's right. That's right. Although they can be used to calm the mind, mm-hmm. so they're simple ways to balance the nervous system, the mind, and the doshas.
1: You mentioned the other day that coming from a tamasic upbringing makes extra challenge in the journey to sattva. With that in mind, I remind myself to be gentle and persistent. You've said that to me, and I come back to it in my life often. It keeps me out of judgment when I do slide into tamas or Rajas. Neutrality toward myself makes the shift toward satwa
0: easier and swifter. Staying free of self-judgment will make a big difference in our ability to actually make changes. Self-evaluation is different than self-devaluation. The former can be really helpful in small amounts, and the latter is damaging. In all of this, we want to practice ahimsa, which means non-violence, which in this case is treating ourselves with kindness, consideration, respect, and love.
1: Ayurveda and yoga are truly a gift. There are so many simple things they teach us that support us to move into satwa, which is our true nature. I like how you teach us that it doesn't matter how big the detour is, meaning how far off track we go, Because all we have to do is turn in the direction we want to go. Keep going, and things will shift. That gives me hope and does inspire me to keep going. And the more I keep going, the more things do change.
0: That's right. Pranayama and meditation are powerful tools for cultivating sattva. Mm -hmm. And a regular practice like you have, even three to five minutes a day will make a difference in how you feel and what what you're cultivating in your mind.
1: Well, this was a pretty big topic and one I'm glad we're sharing because it is so important and I I feel is so prevalent. Can you give a brief summary of our discussion of the senses
0: related to disease? Well, let me say this. When we're disconnected from our higher self or the God of our heart or the source of the universe or whatever you'd like to call it, when we have that disconnect going on, we'll misuse our senses of sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. As a result of that misuse, we lose our ability to discriminate in life. In other words, to be able to make choices in life in a way that are positive and health-giving, rather than making decisions based on attachments or compulsions or fear. This is what allows us to say no to harmful things and yes to healthful things. This is what distinguishes us from other animals. It's a great gift to have this body and the human experience and we have a responsibility to live life fully with love and respect for ourselves and for all beings. So, learning how to use the senses in a healthful way is something that brings great, great rewards. And this is how we cultivate sattva in all of life.
1: Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach to bring balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHollyPule. That's H A L E P U L E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halepule. Pule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.